Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, 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 and welcome, ladybirds and gentle lemurs, to the Human Nature Podcast. Here we explore the ups and downs of being Homo sapiens and learn a thing or two on how to be a better animal. My name is Elliot Connor, and I'm at least half elephant, but the star of the show today is none other than Daniel Fox, an American author photographer, explorer, and motivational speaker. Welcome, Daniel. Welcome. I'm really happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Great. We're glad to have you on. So usually on the Human Nature Cast, I ask all of my guests to nominate a favorite animal of theirs to speak about. And you very cunningly, I believe in this case, have chosen humans as your animal of choice. So do you want to explain some of the reasoning behind that and uh, your, your train of thought? Um, it's because we tend to see ourselves separated from nature. We, we tend to not include ourselves into the human, the animal or nature kingdom. And for me, I think it's important to remind ourselves that we are part of nature. We are basically a bunch of apes with computers and we might believe that we are extremely rational but in reality we are a social species that are driven by things that are bigger than us we're a vessel for life and by accepting that and by coming to terms with that i think we would be able to come up with systems and legislations that are more productive and better suited rather than thinking that everybody's master of their own domains. So, Yeah, I think that's a really important point that you raise around humans becoming disconnected or uh, believing in a superiority to nature, especially as we move into uh, the latter half of the 21st century with environmental issues uh, becoming more exacerbated and COVID-19 is a great example of it uh, being a zoonotic disease. Uh, it's obviously really important to recognize that humans are part of these natural systems, uh, that we do affect nature in a very real and intimate manner. And, and Yeah, go on. And one, one other aspect is that by understanding that we are part of nature, then we also understand that we have a role to play in it. I think it's pretty naive to think that we can live on this planet without, without having an impact. And in reality, we will always have an impact and that impact is part of that relationship in the same way that 
a wolf or a shark or any predator is necessary for an ecosystem, the human species has a role to play on this planet, but we have to understand that it's a relationship. We, it, is, it is intended by nature that we take from nature, because obviously we have to feed, we have to participate in this relationship, but we have to give back. It is a, is a, is it a, it is a relationship that is based, obviously, on reciprocity of with our, our with the, the planet that we live on. Yes, of course. I think when it comes to conservation rhetoric, dialogues, debates, uh, it's all about trying to establish uh, dynamic equilibrium with nature and making sure there is this giving as well as some taking as well, because we do need to use natural resources to some extent whilst allowing them to regenerate and restore uh, which of course is where uh, the classic catch in environmentalism lies uh, trying to find what is a delicate balance and much of our human impacts on the planet are something we don't understand uh, perhaps as well as we might so uh, it is very difficult yeah i mean it's not it's not a you know a recent event the separation from the world and you know for the past two three thousand years it's been going on i did write something about how the egyptian mythology was really interesting because during their 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 reign their time you know over several thousands of years their mythology went from the totally abstract to the human centric at the beginning they had they had a god that it was just you know a circle with two lines a thousand years later their gods now have human bodies and animal heads. And then another thousand years later, their gods now have a full human head and human bodies. And the Greeks follow them and create this pantheon of gods that are just at the image of, of humans. And now you have Poseidon ruling the realm of the ocean, you know, being carried by, by dolphins. So it's not, it's not, nothing new then you have monotheism that comes in and then creates this dynamic of one single god and nature has been given to us as this garden that is for us you know to to basically pick as as much as we want um but the, i think one of the the root of this relationship is can be observed and even in the way that as children, we become teenagers and then we become adults. The, the human species is a really young species, you know, of, of all the species, we're like the youngest one. And we have this need to prove ourselves. And you're a young person, you have parents. And even when I was younger, when we get a teenager, when we get around it being a teenager, we need to separate ourselves from our parents. We, in fact, we push away our parents, dismissing everything that they've given, you know, they taught us. And because we need to create that place in the world, we need to have that black and white energy. We need to have that kind of really this arrogant attitude and say, no, I can do this. I will prove that I can do this. And then we have all these immature goals with life that I'm going to be rich I'm going to be all these kind of things by 30 years old and through and through our 20s we we get our heart broken 
we get fired, we lose the things, certain things that we thought that we want to well have. And then slowly and gradually, we realize as we get older that life is more in the grays. It's not really that black and white. And there are different things that matter. It's more about family. It's more about relationship. Now, the human species had to disconnect itself from its parents, from nature, to prove that it could be worthy of something. But now that we've, we've pushed the boundaries of what of of our own survival we realize that all these things don't matter if you know there's no more depth to it there's no more connection to it so there we there's going to be a natural return to that but it's 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 never an easy process but that's where the the separation of humans to their environment and and slowly now going back one of the ironies of all this is ever since Darwin kind of came forward and said, you know, we're descendant of the apes. Culturally, we've been doing everything to prove that we're different from the apes. As if like we never, we, you know, we can, we can, yes, we can state that, you know, this is what it is. But deep down, We've never accepted that reality and we try to separate ourselves as much as possible so that we can say, you see, no, 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 we're not like this. We're extremely rational, but no, we're not. We're just, you know, we're the same as them, but with computers. Yeah. And I love it how you put that in terms of humans (laughs) being apes with computers, having all of this intelligence, this complexity, but I guess not knowing quite how to use it, as still trying to work out where we fit in in the grand scheme of things. Of course, we as the human species have so much to learn in terms of establishing that balance and returning to that connection with nature as well. We we do. The, the, we have we have to reconnect also with the pace and the rhythm of nature. Nature doesn't do granular, and you know it plays the long game. It, it it might be hard for us to accept um, the scale and the rhythm of it, but in the big scheme of things, I mean, we we do matter. We matter for the ones that are around us that we care for and for our own lives. But in the big scheme of things, evolution is a really long term process. You know, transformation takes time, and is it? Bad is it good? Well, it depends where you stand in that equation. And life continues, whether you know whether it's a volcano that erupts and you know blankets the entire earth, whether it's one species that makes that does more damage, whether it's the locust in you know in Africa that just ravage the crops. It's 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 not nature doesn't do granular it doesn't do on the you know on the details it's just going to be like really long term so the human species is learning and one of the dynamics of learning and changing is that first you need to push the boundaries you need to push the boundaries to see what works what doesn't work and one of the things that the indigenous species had before, the indigenous cultures had before, is that they had the elders. The elders were really important in their culture because they were there to pass down the wisdom. 
they were, you know, storytelling was really important and they were reminding the younger people not to do things or to be careful. In our culture, we've decided to put the elders into homes where we don't have to deal with them because we don't want to be reminded of how, you know, life, life is a little bit more complicated. So. Oh, definitely. And I think as humans, we uh, try and make sense of the world by reducing it, uh, by simplifying it to these basic patterns. So humans being uh, superior or apart from nature is one of them. Obviously, it helps our self-esteem. It helps us to uh, try and uh, progress, have hope uh, as a species uh, that we can advance ourselves, that we can uh, dig out this incredible life for ourselves. I was wondering, Daniel, as well, in terms of your own relationship with nature and maybe how that was affected by your childhood. I know that for many of us working in the environmental space, uh, that's a relationship that starts at a younger age. Uh, Vancouver, where you are, is a beautiful uh, natural place. So has that influenced uh, your life and your development? It did. I mean, I didn't grow up in Vancouver. I grew up more on the East Coast. But one thing, and it's part of my book, um, part of my introduction and my story. I mean, the, I moved a lot when I was young. Um, I write in my book how uh, by the age of 15 years old, I had already moved so many times that I didn't have enough fingers you know, to count all the different homes. So um, it, was, it was a pretty unstable childhood but there was one thing that was constant and always present was everywhere we moved there was a local park there was a there was a, a river shore or a lake or a forest that could that could get lost and for me nature really became my stability my constant it's where i went and to make sense of life and and this is where i mean within the trees you know i found the tribe that listened to me i mean that that was the place where i went back and 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 reconnected with life and that sense of connectedness has le never left me since it's, it's always the thing every time i love living in big cities don't get me wrong i love the 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 mix of culture um but Every once in a while, I need to go back into the wilderness to be brought back to the simplicity and the basics of life. Yeah, and I think that's certainly something I've found as well in terms of wherever you travel in the world, no matter where you are. I was in Seoul last year, end of last year, and even amongst those huge towering skyscrapers, there is still nature, there's still urban wildlife, green spaces uh, where uh, those natural processes do go on to some extent. So uh, it is that constant which all of us can appreciate in our life. As you say, it is really powerful as well, uh, getting out in nature as a tool for uh, improving mental health, for improving our state of mind as humans. Uh, returning to that more natural state is really important in our development and perhaps something that we're losing as well. It is. It's really powerful. I do. I do want to make a difference in that. I try to to change people's perspective that wilderness is definitely a place that is out there, disconnected from human um, impact. You know, the the they're more obviously wild, but nature is definitely 
the umbrella and where everything lives on this planet. It's the air, even being in the city, it's the air that we breathe, you know, whatever um, fauna or or animals that live in the city, they're part of the cult, they're part of nature. Um, it's the trees, you know, even, even ourselves, we're part of this. And that is like looking at the world like this helps us taking down that separation of the human species and nature. And if we're part of it, then where we live is also part of it. Now, wilderness, I agree, is a total different place. That is the destination where we can go. But nature is really all around us. Yes, yeah, precisely. Uh, wilderness, of course, being uh, much of what we're losing and being replaced in many places by uh, nature, uh, some would say, and sadly by uh, urban development as well, so pushing out uh, these natural spaces. Uh, but there is still a tremendous amount of nature out there of animals that we can appreciate and to understand find compassion for i was wondering daniel obviously you've been around on this earth much longer than i have working in this space trying to reconnect the family tree of life so what do you see as the future being for this field and for our human species and our relationship with nature it's not going to be an easy process that i have i have to admit because we have to reassess our values and priorities and see, you know, if it makes sense or if if the package that comes with it is worth it. Um, we have to change our system of belief, um, and and usually you do that not by choice. It's because usually it's because it's forced upon you. Um, and ov- and obviously, what we're going through right now is you know part of that that realization where, okay, you know we thought that we had everything under control and it's not really happening. Climate change is another realization of the world is you know more connected and we're quite dependent on a, a certain stability, and then we have to reassess our relationship with the planet. So, but you know, you look at the the indigenous societies, and they also had their cycle and where they would come to a place and then they would abuse the resources and then they would find themselves into trouble. And then after that, they created those stories that reminded them to respect that relationship because otherwise they would, you know, uh, shoot themselves in the foot. The problem, the problem that we have in our culture is that we have done a pretty good job and disconnected ourselves from the consequences of our actions. So it's hard for us to see the impact. You know, the price of the fish in supermarket has been the same for decades. So it's really hard for people to understand the reality of the, you know, the fisheries in the ocean and, you know, the, the supermarket. It's really hard for people to understand the, the, the tragedy of, of garbage in the ocean when people's relationship with garbage hasn't changed. I still take my gar- my bag at the end of the day and I take it to the street. And that is my immediate relationship to with garbage. Anything above that is the concept. So it's not that people want to do bad things, it's that people have no incentives to do the right thing. In fact, all the incentives that we have right now is 
to do the status quo and not to do anything. So, but the beauty of the human species is that, you know, we're soon going to be 8 billion on, on the planet. And the beauty of the human species is not that we're a bad species. It's that we have a capacity to rise when the shit hits the fan and when we hit the wall. It's, it's always hard, but we find our way out. We rise in those moments and it will be something else. You know, it's not, it's not going to be the same thing as we have now, but it will be something different, better. You know, the, in one of my presentations, I, I talk about how we often use the metaphor of the butterfly for the power of transformation. And we say, it's like, oh, you, you know, be your own butterfly, get those wings out and soar and fly. But we, the part of the story that we forget is how do we become that butterfly? And the butterfly starts by being a caterpillar crawling on the ground. And at one point it goes into a cocoon and isolates itself and to a place where it's going to become goo and literally just almost melting away to become something that it was not. So that is the reality of transformation is that in the process, you, you will become something better, but you will have to accept that you will lose a lot of things that, you know, was part of your world before. So the, the, the world of tomorrow will be different. Will it be better or not better? Well, it's, it's always relevant to whoever, you know, what point of comparison are you, are you pointing at? Um, but, you know, life on this planet, you know, if you, if you think of where it started billions of years ago with a little microbe, and here we are today, and then there's a there's a universe to of of to explore well that 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 line of evolution is not a is not a linear simple line it's a it's a complicated series of fortunate accidents that creates life and that's nature nature throws a bunch of things on the wall and see what's sick and what doesn't stick and then it, it goes from there and then it it moves and then at one point it kind of reshuffle the car the cards to see you know how things are going to move from there yes yeah and i think for many of us that's the beauty of nature uh, this uh, pattern this complexity uh, this intricacy generated out of sheer random luck <laughs> and it's what's brought us humans here on this planet to where we are today having this podcast having this conversation it's all a series of innumerable coincidences coming together uh, so it's a really good point that you make of course our human relationship with nature and our interactions with other animals have been incredibly varied and complex as well over the past a few hundred years thousands of years and more uh, so I am curious, Daniel, as well, in terms of what you think the main changes we need to make to ensure uh, we do arrive at uh, this equilibrium, this balance with nature, uh, this harmonious coexistence, uh, which I think we're all working towards. I do believe that there's going to be one major transition that we need to, to shift on. Um, right now, a lot of our motivations we are doing is uh, stems from a sense of righteousness. 
we are the better species. We are the ones who are responsible to save the planet. We are the ones, you know, if life is going to subsist on this planet is because of us who are going to make him making that decision. And it could not be more further from the truth than that. The, the truth is that we have to change, yes, but how out of humility and out of understanding that we are a product of our environment. So that, that saving is us, really. And it's us deciding what kind of humans and what kind of species do we want to be. Do we want to be one that is defined by the trash that we live in, or do we want to be defined by the richness of ecosystems that is surrounding us? Because the planet doesn't need to be saved. I mean, whatever destruction will happen, it will be unfortunate for a lot of species, but then it will continue. It will be something else. You know, it's nothing different than a volcano that erupts when thing disappears. It depends where you are in that equation. So the planet will be what it is, but it's us. And if we have to save something, it's we have to save ourselves. Um, the world is bigger than us, and and if and if we screw it up. Um, it's the, the, the world is not going to cry over us. It's just going to move on and be something else. Of course, yes. And I'm sure, as you'll know, there are several times uh, we know of uh, during uh, the history of our human species where our population has been reduced to mere thousands. Uh, we've had major volcanic eruptions causing these bottlenecks in population. And actually, as a result, our genetic diversity as a species uh, by which we can map these currencies, I think it's about 50 times uh, thereabouts uh, less uh, genetically uh, diverse than our close relatives, so chimpanzees and the greater apes. Uh, so it's really interesting to reflect on how uh, easy it is that we as humans may not have made it, uh, that instead uh, there would have been no Homo sapiens, there would have been maybe some other great apes, there may have been... Uh, a ruling Cretaceous empire, there may have been a ruling reptile empire, as with the dinosaurs. Uh, but as a final question, Daniel, I'm curious to know, obviously, humans being your animal of choice, what do you think is it that makes us unique? Uh, what defines Homo sapiens? I think one of the, the, the things that makes us unique is that... Um, we have a gift that also becomes a burden. Um, we have the gift of awareness, but with the gift of awareness, then comes a package that comes with it. And you cannot have one without the other. With, with awareness, then you have suffering. And suffering is a reality of life that would always be there. And not that it you want to celebrate it but you do have to understand its purpose in life it is the thing that brings people together it's the big unifier not you know not everybody can be successful not everybody can be rich not everybody can be healthy but every single species on earth has suffered even the richest of people and even the most successful people have suffered and it is the thing that where people can all connect to so the humans the humans have 
you know, we're a social species. We have limitations. These limitations have a purpose. Life is not meant to be perfect. It's not meant to be fair. It's meant to be experienced. It's meant to be learned, to grow, um, to live, so that we can become better better people together, you know, individually and, and together. Um, so on, on that note, I do believe that we are different because of our capacity to look at ourselves and make judgments and make decisions. Um, but beyond that, you know, we have, we have to understand that we are still ruled by these bigger forces, these bigger forces of life that is rooted in disruption and tension and it's a rhythm between two extremes that constantly mix these ingredients of life and that creates you know a dynamic backdrop but it's our goal should be to become resilient to to adapt to understand and find comfort in our capacity to adapt rather than try to sanitize and constantly force our world to be static and 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 give us the illusion that everything is safe when in reality we're making everything weaker wonderful daniel i think that's a really solid point that you make and a lovely thought as well to end on so i'll say thank you once more it's been a fascinating conversation and on behalf of our audience i'm sure they all enjoyed very much uh, the human nature cast will be back next week for another wonderful episode Uh, so until then stay safe and do try and be a better animal thank you all and goodbye When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.